Let's move on to the Central, where we start with, of course, the defending Stanley Cup champions, the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, look, they're the top dogs, no doubt. And you and I and everyone else knows they're more than likely, barring some catastrophe between now and April, they're going to be the first place team. Are they as good as last year? No, but they're still the best team in the Central. And you look, you've got guys like Landeskog, Nichushkin, you've got McKinnon, and that's just scratching the surface here, <laughs> to put it lightly. This is a very, very good team. And I think that the Colorado Avalanche are going to be number one. The question, you know, will ultimately be what can they do in the playoffs? And I think that question will ultimately be answered by Gorgiev because we know they can score. We know they can defend. But can Gorgiev stop the puck enough to get them to potentially Mm. repeat? Because, uh, you know, that's the goal for Colorado this year. You've reached the top, and now you want to repeat like Tampa did. And they've certainly got the potential to do that. They are absolutely in the conversation to win the Stanley Cup again. And... I think it really comes down to goaltending because we know they can score goals. We know they can score a lot of goals. We know they can defend. The question is, you know, what can goaltending do? Because we know Colorado is a good team on defense and offense. Goaltending to me is one of those things where I said, okay, well, there were options out there for them and they chose to go this direction because they felt strongly about Alex Georgiev and the, the question with Georgiev is, what kind of goaltending are you getting? This is a player that we really liked at the start of his career. He was a backup to Henrik Lundqvist. He played hard. He he had some of those games that just, you're in awe. Like, who is this guy? Where did they get this guy from? And then he really, I don't know what happened to him, but he's not playing with the same intensity. He doesn't seem engaged in the game. We mentioned the drop-off. Kemper was elite last year. He had a terrific year. Not a great playoffs, but maybe because he was just tired. I don't know. Whereas Georgiev, he was the 72nd ranked goaltender in save percentage last year. You're going from the 13th best to the 72nd best. That is a significant drop-off. As we've said, Colorado, great offense, great team. McKinnon is a guy that hasn't really had a banner year quite yet. Yes, he's won a Stanley Cup, but he just got paid. Huge contract. You're waiting for him to have that 90, 100 point year and be consistent in that regard. And I think it's only a matter of time. You know, he's such an exciting player. Just sometimes the results don't quite show what you're seeing on the ice. So if he can make that type of impact every year, and I think Val Nichushkin is a guy that is going to be probably on his line this year with maybe Landeskog. I don't know what they're going to do or Rantanen, but this is a team that just has a ridiculous amount of talent. We haven't even mentioned Kale McCarr, who's unbelievable too. (laughs) So if there's any team in the league that can win based on their offense alone, it's this team. And I think that's what Joe Sackick was thinking. What we know about Sackick is that he's not going to sit idly by if Georgiev is playing poorly and is costing his team games. I'm confident that this is the best team in the division. I'm confident that this is the team that has the best chance to win the cup again. They are so fun to watch. They're the next powerhouse. Tampa Bay was the powerhouse for a long time. It's Colorado's turn. Yeah, I think you're right. Colorado is the now. You and I talked about it a couple years ago, how Colorado was going to be the next powerhouse. And and look, you and I have been proven right. And it, they're going to be a very fun team to watch this year, just like they were last year. But we know Colorado is going to run away with it. Mac, who do you have following Colorado? 
there's sort of three teams that are below Colorado, but I can't quite decide which order to put them in. So I decided, okay, if I look at last year's results and I look at the teams that they're bringing back, Dallas got better, St. Louis got a little worse because they lost a big-time goaltender. Minnesota got a little worse, but they also brought in Marc-Andre Fleury, and I really like what they're doing. So ultimately, I went with Minnesota because I think this is a team that has a good balance of trying to compete now, but they also have an excellent farm system. But these other teams are close. Like Dallas, to me, is a team that I'm waiting to pop. Like I'm waiting for this team to kind of hit that next level. And Jake Ottinger was unbelievable during that series against the Calgary Flames. If he can be anywhere even remotely close to that, that's a huge upgrade for them. He had an up and down regular season. Maybe he starts to come into his own. Rope Hintz is a great young player who I think is only getting better. He might have a big point here. Jason Robertson still needs to be signed, but he's an elite offensive and defensive player. Miro Heiskanen, one of the best defenders in the league. And you've got a really good farm system with guys like Thomas Harley, Logan Stankoven, Wyatt Johnson, and Maverick Bork. Plus, you brought in Mason Marchment. What's not to like here? I mean, this is a team that is making that transition from an older team to a much younger team. Jim Nil got the extension. Clearly, the ownership likes what he's doing here, and I have confidence in Jim Nil turning this thing around. And to me, the Stars could be as high as number two this year. I agree. You know, Dallas, they've had a pretty good team, a bubble team, albeit for a while now. And now it seems like they're making the next step. As you mentioned, Jim Nil has made some really good moves. They've got some young prospects that are about to come up and really make an impact. And they've already got some of those guys there, as you mentioned, Heistigenen and Robertson. So this, this is a really interesting Dallas team with a ton of potential. But they're also a team that could very well see some struggles at times. They still lack some depth in some areas. And I think that, you know, Ottinger, I believe he's going to have a really good year, but he could also have an up and down year like last year. So I do have a few questions not anything big because I, I really would like to believe Ottinger is going to have a good year this year but you know goalies are funny things Mac and it, it'll be interesting to see how Ottinger follows up last year's performance in the playoffs but I think you're right I think Dallas is is a playoff team this year I just I'm not sure if they're going to be all the way at number two but I definitely see the potential that you see Mac and I could very well see them at two if things go perfect for them. Now, another team that's going to be uh, fighting for that spot is uh, the St. Louis Blues, Mac. You know, they've they've invested big in Thomas and Cairo. So those are their two big guys in St. Louis now. But they lost Philly Husto, and that's a big loss in my opinion. You know, that was one that uh, you and I were surprised to see. And Thomas Grice, you know, he's now the backup for Bennington. And look, Bennington is still a decent goalie, but he's not the goalie he was back in 2019 when they made that cup run. And I question their goaltending, but this is still a pretty good team, Mac. They got a good mix of players here. They've got some good defense. They've got some good two-way guys. This is a well-built team. And my only real question is in goaltending. Absolutely. And I think this is a team that's going to compete every night, you know, they're a little thin in certain areas, but it's possible Jordan Bennington can really bounce back. He's a very streaky player. You know, when he's good, he's 
as good as any goaltender in the league. We know that. But there's been a lot of up and down with him. I still like the way this team is built and structured. They still have a really good defense. And they've got a lot of really crafty offensive players. They've still got Ryan O'Reilly. To me, there's no reason to expect a huge drop with this team. There's no reason they aren't top three or four in the division. I still think they're better than Nashville. And Nashville, in their own right, improved a little bit this offseason. So let's quickly touch on the Nashville Predators. Yeah, the Predators, to me, are always kind of one of those teams that, are, are they going for contention? Are they going for rebuilding? And I don't, I don't think that uh, Dave Pohl is 100% sure himself, Mac, because, you know, I think a lot of people were surprised with how Nashville played last year. But... I think that I don't know. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team this year, Mac. I really don't, and th- that's just my opinion, of course. But y- you look at the team last year, and everyone sort of just had a career year. And yes, I do think they got a little bit better, but is it going to be enough with how strong this division and the Pacific are? I don't think so, because yes, Nashville got better. They got Kevin Lykinen in net, and they got McDonough, of course, for basically nothing. But I think teams like St. Louis and Dallas have gotten better than them. That's not to say they're going to be a, a train wreck of a team here, Mac. This is still a pretty good team, and I very well could be proven absolutely wrong by the end of season. So look, Nashville, they're a team that is sort of in flux, Mac. They could be going in either direction. They could either be going towards the playoffs. They could be staying sort of mediocrity where they are right now, or they could be going into rebuild. And no one's really sure, and I don't think management's sure either. But there's a lot of guys with some serious potential there, you know, like Saros and uh, Ingram. They've they've all shown flashes of elite goaltending here, Mac. The question is, which one of them is going to fill the void that Pickett Rene left? And that's a pretty big void. Well, Saros has been that guy, but he hasn't had a lot of help behind him. If you look at last year, you know, David Riddick was terrible. Quite frankly, he was not good at all. And Ingram was good when called upon, but not very consistent. He was up and down between the AHL and the NHL. And now you look at their goaltending situation. You brought in a guy like Kevin Lankin and had some good moments in Chicago on bad teams. In addition to Connor Ingram, to me, that's much better than what they had last year. There's no question about it. I think there is a possibility Nashville could be ahead of St. Louis, but I think it's going to be close. The problem with Nashville is where are you getting your offense from? You've got the herd line. Everybody knows that line is good. Is Matt Duchesne going to score 40 goals again next year? I don't know. Philip Forsberg is almost a sure thing, but there's a lot of questions. Granlin's a good player, but there's a lot of holes in that lineup. And the defense is still good. It's not quite as good as it was. You also have Roman Yossi, who casually had 100 points as a defenseman last year. So they've got talent, no question. But you're right. This is a team that does not want to rebuild. They want to kind of toe the line between trying to contend and also build up some prospects we'll see what happens but they're still a good team no question they're still much better than the other teams in the division yeah well i I will agree with you after national there definitely is a big drop and look (laughs) i want you to tackle winnipeg because i know you've got some very strong feelings on the winnipeg jets all i'll say is they're a joke of an organization at the moment (laughs) everything that's happened with the winnipeg jets remember how long was it ago when they had Dustin Bufflin and Evander Kane and they were actually a good team, Jacob Truba. Everything started to fall apart after that. And that's because of constant bad decisions by their GM, Kevin Sheveldayoff. Do they have some good prospects? Yes, they do. They have a pretty good farm system. Are they a team that doesn't really change much year to year? Yeah, they are. And right now what they're doing, which is very strange, is they seem to be 
placing the blame squarely on Blake Wheeler. They've taken away his captaincy. They've, I believe they've removed a big poster from the arena. I don't understand a thing about what this team is doing. And yes, they have some good players, but you have to wonder if you're a Jets fan. If we don't clean up this mess soon, those players are going to want to leave. Nikolai Ehlers is not a 19-year-old anymore. Pierre-Luc Dubois has made it pretty clear that he's probably leaving next year. When does Kyle Connor say he wants out? Does Connor Hellebuck request a trade at the trade deadline? All of these things are possible. You know, we've talked about Philly, and they're not on the level that Philly is yet, but let me tell you, they're getting there. Well, look, Winnipeg, to me, Mac, is like a house of cards, and they could very well go all tumbling in at any time. So Winnipeg, you know, the off-ice drama, you know, the organization, they really need a refresh. And I I, I hope that uh, True North will fi- finally realize that because Winnipeg, it, it's amazing how quickly things like this can happen. You know, as an Ottawa fan, I, I remember being in a similar situation where, you know, one year you're fighting for a Stanley Cup, you're on top of the world, and then just two seasons later – you're in uh, what is essentially a rebuild and it's organizational chaos. So I very much sympathize with Winnipeg Jets fans. They're some of the most passionate fans in the league, and they're obviously not very happy about this. But Winnipeg, they've got some big decisions to make, and they got to make them soon. Because as you mentioned, guys like Ehlers, Dubois, Hellebuck, these are guys that don't want to stick around for a rebuild and don't want to stick around with the organizational chaos that's going on. So if Shevel Dayoff either isn't shown the door soon or make or make starts making some really smart decisions, this is a Winnipeg team that will basically be left with nothing. And I think it could happen sooner rather than later. Absolutely. I love that analogy you made. So let's talk about another team that is pretty clearly tanking, but maybe not quite as bad as Arizona, and that is the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, the Blackhawks are tanking. And and they really haven't been shying at admitting, admitting it, Mac. It's basically the organizational uh, message this year. You know, try your best, but we don't care if you win. In fact, we're pretty happy if you lose. And, you know, what's incredible is this, this for me more than anything, is this is the last year of Kane and Taves. The, those massive contracts I signed all those years ago. I'm sure you remember all the hype around those contracts when they got signed. And they're sort of going to go out with a whimper now, which is crazy to say because when those were signed, they were on top of the hockey world. And they're still both really good players, but, you know, injuries and controversies and everything have caught up with them. And really, Chicago, this is, you know, a big organizational reset for them. They've still got some okay players, and they've got some decent contracts. But, you know, I think that Chicago, this is just building it up from scratch. They've... They haven't quite burned it all down yet. I wonder if Kane is even going to finish the year in Chicago because he may very well ask uh, for a trade towards the deadline. And, you know, at this point in his career, who can blame him? Um, there'd be a lot of suitors for number 88. So I do wonder if he finishes the year. But Chicago, they're tanking. They're going to be very bad. The The only thing that Chicago didn't see, or maybe they did, is... Uh, Arizona, they're the only team that's really thrown a wrench in their plans. If it wasn't for those darn Coyotes, Mac, we would have the clear tank. We would be dead last in our division, but Arizona's (laughs) saying, (laughs) hold our beer. Arizona's terrible. I mean, 
this one of those teams that you just you look at and everything that's going on and it's not just the organization and the arena and the fact that this team has not been good for a very long time and they're not getting any better they're not drafting very well clayton keller is being asked to do far too much you look at the players that Cheka has brought in how many of these players has he drafted and the answer is not many and we talked about chikrin it sounds like when the opportunity is there and when they get what they want for him he's getting traded the only hope I could think of for the Arizona Coyotes this year is if somehow Lawson Crow scores like 40 goals. And what are the chances of that happening? Pretty that's low. Not, that's not going to happen. Hey, you and I have talked about it before. You know, how long is this shtick going to go on for Arizona? I'd love to see the team work in the desert, but it sounds like there's a good chance the Coyotes are going to be in this Tempe Arena situation for... Uh, the a excuse me the ASU situation for quite a while that's what the report was and I don't know how long the NHL is going to let that go on without a guaranteed arena plan the Arizona Coyotes even if they do get an arena how many people want to show up and watch this team are they even going to sell out beyond the Canadian teams or teams with really well traveling fan bases I do wonder that because if you and I were in Arizona would you and I pay all that money to go see this team I don't think so Unless they're giving us like hot dogs and drinks with our tickets. No, thanks. I'm good. Exactly. So I, I wonder, will they even sell out the arena? Because the Coyotes are just plain bad. And I, I don't blame people for wanting to spend their money on the Diamondbacks or the Cardinals or some other team that's better than the Coyotes. Thanks again for listening to this episode. We're glad to be back. We're hoping to get back on a more regular schedule moving forward. We're still aiming for two episodes a month, and we're confident we can do that for all of you. So you know where to find us. We're on every podcast platform. Just look for the white, blue, and red logo. Center Ice is presented by the National Podcast Network, and you can follow us on Twitter at Center Ice Radio. Enjoy the season, guys. We're all really excited. You should be too. Take care. Stay safe. Have fun. 